the club allowed me to, to play, to play yeah. because I was always there. So I was one year younger than most or two years. But um, I wasn't playing with him in his team. I only played one game, I think, with him. Uh, and I remember just seeing his shorts because I was so small. So uh, <laughs> I was like that all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The official Manchester City podcast. Watch the full video version of this show via City Plus now. Paul, we're joined by Nathan Ake, who's become one of City's most important players uh, in, in, in recent times. Had a magnificent season last season how much you're looking forward to to digging deep and, and getting to know him a bit better yeah hugely um you know as you said last season he was fantastic arguably one of our best players arguably probably one of the first names in the team sheet so it's always good to know about last season but you know i'm looking forward to hearing about about his at the start of his career and his journey he's really established himself at city particularly in the last sort of um season and a half you know he's he's, he's a he's a really important player for, for this club now isn't he it is, and arguably you could have said he was he would have been up there as the player of the year. I know Erling with all his goals, Kevin De Bruyne, um, the big names, Jack Grealish last season are going to be mentioned. But I think it says a lot for for Nathan and the start slow start he had at the club. But how, as you said, he cemented his team and and the team is one of the main players. Yeah, if you look at last season for him, treble winner, plays 90 minutes in the Champions League final, third in the club's Etihad Player of the Year. Um, Award. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? A club like this, it's that's an amazing achievement for him. It's a huge achievement, and especially when you think, you know, the the injuries he had sort of early on um, in his city career, um, the competition that he's been up against, and you know, I think last season, especially in the big games, you know, Arsenal comes to mind up against Saka. He was one of the first names in the team sheet when he came up. When City came up against wingers um, that look as if they're going to cause a problems, Nathan was there. He was sort of the mainstay at left back, and you know, I know Jack Grealish openly admits that. The rise, the upturn in his form, was because he had Nathan Aki behind him, he had the security um, defensively, and for Jack to go and to go and do his stuff. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the Saka one because every time um, City play Arsenal, I'm a you know doomonger, pessimist, very typical City fan. So I'm always looking for where the problem going to be. And you look at Saka, he's like their best player, but every time Nathan has come up against him. Um, seems to minimise that threat really well. It doesn't look. You, you don't come to Man City. You don't play in a Pep Guardiola team if you can't play football and you're not good in the ball. But I think ultimately one on one, um, Nathan's probably one of, if not our best defender, and that's shown, especially against um, Saka. As you see, you know, every time Saka got the ball, Nathan didn't give him any space at all. You know, and his positional sense was fantastic. You give people at Saka time to run at you, they're going to cause you problems regardless of how good you are defensively. But positionally, um, how strong he was in, in that game um, shows you what a top quality player that he is. Fantastic. Well, let's get on with it. Here is our Manchester City podcast with Nathan Ake. On it goes to Ake. Nathan, thank you for joining us on the official Manchester City podcast. Um, with all our guests, we, we tend to start right at the beginning. So talking about what your family life was like, what was it like growing up and, and how did you first get into football? Um, I had a good uh, good youth, I can't complain, yeah. Um, good upbringing, my parents did a lot for us. Um, and yeah, I started quite early with football. Uh, I was four, I think. Um, my brother always used to play. Uh, and I always used to watch him and I think back in the day he was allowed when you start uh, at five years old but because I was watching every time playing with the ball on the sidelines and stuff the the club basically said you just come join and join him. us because you're there every day anyway 
So uh, yeah, that's how I got into it, and yeah, since then never really looked back. Yeah. Was your was your brother okay with that? Because I had an older brother, and he hated it when I used to join him when I was younger. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He wanted me to get away <laughs> no, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I was very lucky with that. My brother's been always been good for me. We we, I think the difference is like three or four years, but um, no, the way he is, he always was with me. I was always allowed to play with his friends uh, outside, and he always took me under his wing, you know. So I think that's how I grow up very quick as well because I was always with older people older players, yeah. and older players. So no, it was good and I'm always thankful for that. And when you're young, two or three years is, is quite a big difference, isn't it? So certainly in football terms, if you're playing with guys who are a few years older, that must have really kind of helped you. Yeah, improve. no, it wasn't. I don't know I don't know if I explained it well. It wasn't like I was playing with him, but the club allowed me to, to play, to play yeah. because I was always there. So I was one year younger than most or two years. But um, I wasn't playing with him in his team. I only played one game, I think, with him. Uh, and I remember just seeing shorts because I was so small. So uh, <laughs> I was like that all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, no, it was good. But when I, I was talking also like outside of football, when you go with your, with my brother's friends and playing on the street and stuff like that, I was allowed to play with him, and that makes a difference. To be fair. Yeah. You said that you you know you had a good upbringing and your family did a lot for you. What were kind of the values and 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 um, the ethos that they they put into you that's made you the person you are today um i think for them education was always very important um being humble uh yeah polite to to all the people and um i think that always stuck with me so even when i was playing you know for for good clubs and getting older and stuff and getting a little bit more attention um Education was always one, and then second, always, you know, staying the same, not being different. And my parents, although they, you know, get a lot of questions, a lot of things, maybe they could have been different as well, but they always stayed like home. They didn't want to get involved in anything and let me do my thing. And I think that's that's why I stayed quite normal. Mm. Do you think that's been a good thing? Keep your feet on the ground. That's We have a phrase, that, you know, keeping your feet on the ground. Yeah, yeah. That, that's an important thing for you. I think so. I think so. Um, I've been... Um, yeah, around a, a lot of people maybe, um, you know, who make debuts very young. Um, yeah, you know, get all the praise and stuff like that. And carried then, away. Yeah, yeah, carried away. And then a few years later, nowhere really to be seen. And you see that a lot because, you know, maybe they change. You think you're already there. And um, yeah, I always got the, the advice, not just of my parents, but also the players when I was growing up at Chelsea and stuff to, to stay humble, to stay normal. And yeah, that's... Uh, how you gonna get a big chance to to stay at that level? How did you find that move to Chelsea? Was it fifteen when you sixteen? Sixteen, yeah. yeah. No, it was good. It was it was a challenge, but I always like challenges. Um, when I moved uh, when I was sixteen, there was a lot of debate in Holland uh, because people were saying, you know, he's too young, uh, he's going for the money. It was a lot going on when I was only sixteen, and you get so much negative vibes yeah. and stuff like that. But then something in me switched, like. Because of that, I wanted to show that this is also a pathway where you can succeed. You know, it's not just staying in Holland and then coming in the first team and from then moving abroad. But I wanted to show that there's also other possibilities to do that. And um, yeah, that made me even hungrier, I think. You talked about humility before. I was thinking to go from Chelsea and make that step to go to them, to go to Bournemouth because you wanted to play games. That shows a level of humility, doesn't it? Because you're an elite. I mean, Bournemouth is a great football club, but obviously Chelsea's an elite, yeah. an elite club. But you were prepared to to make that sideways step to establish yourself into a team and, and make progress to then go on and, and and sign for a bigger club after that. Yeah, I think it was 
it was more just needed look like at one point i was getting to an age like what 21 and i was in and out and in and out and you know not really part of something and then i was on loan at bournemouth came back and i didn't really play again and i think that was the moment i thought okay i need to you know be at the club where i'm 100 percent there and needed and where i can develop a few years in a row and getting games in a row and i think it was the right move it was it was difficult because obviously Bournemouth is a smaller club than than uh, than Chelsea, but I think it was the right thing to do, and especially with the manager there, Eddie Howe, he done he done a lot for me. But you get to the stage, at, I mean, a long time ago, but I was at Arsenal and I was 22, and I was in and out, I was going on loan. But you'd need to go and play football. Yeah, yeah. You know that's what you love. It's what you love doing, and you want to go and play. Um, and there's a big part of you that wants to stay because it's a big club, exactly, and they've, yeah. they've looked after you so well from such a young age. But then you look at the players that are ahead of you. Yeah. You look at the AGR, and you've got to make that decision to, need to, play, to go some play, play football. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Eddie Howe because you obviously had George Graham. Early part of your career was an important manager for you. Finding the right manager at the right time of your career, there's a bit of luck involved, but it, it's important, isn't it? And Eddie Howe is you know, he plays a certain way, and it, it suits you, doesn't it? And it helps you progress. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, it wasn't easy the first few months because I was on loan um, the first few months and the first couple of months, I think, something like that. I didn't even. I never played. I came on a few times, but I never played, so it was tough. Um, but but he always kept on working with me, uh, and I had to keep my head. I had to <laughs> make sure I don't, you know, give up and, and just go back. And I kept fighting, fighting, and then uh, yeah, the manager. He, after a while, he took me on his wing. I played a few games, and from there, I just went upwards. And we had a very good relation since. So still, still, I think contact sometimes. So you're not surprised probably by the success he's having at Newcastle. No, 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 no. He's a, he was always a great manager, as you, as you said. The way they play, um, we played at Bournemouth as well. We always tried to play, um, but also adapt in certain situations when we played against bigger teams. Maybe we had to play a little bit different. Um, he wasn't afraid to make decisions, big decisions, difficult decisions. So. For me, yeah, he was he was a great manager, so I'm not surprised that he's really doing well. I wanted to talk to you about Istanbul as well, because obviously uh, uh, the pinnacle of, of of Manchester City's history and, and presumably of your career as well. You were at City two years earlier in Porto, um, weren't part of things that night, couldn't influence things when things weren't going well, which I'm presuming was frustrating for you. Whereas this time, played 90 minutes uh, and we and we win the trophy. What's that? journey for you up until Istanbul that, that brilliant night what's that been like since coming to, yeah, to City really. yeah yeah um, I think as I said a few times before the, the first year was was difficult tough, yeah. was tough um, yeah it, you know when you get injuries when the confidence goes down a little bit um, and then you have to play and you start to overshow yourself you start to do things you don't normally do yeah, you try too hard don't you, you yeah. try too hard to impress. Yeah, yeah yeah and that's I think that's the wrong way to, to play especially as, as defenders because you're trying to do things you don't have to do and straight away causes goals or you know concede penalties things like that and um, so it was hard um, naturally with that the confidence comes down a little bit um, but I think the manager helped me in that because even at the end of the first season, he, he came to me and he just said, you know, keep going because this season maybe it didn't work out, but next season you're going to be very important because you can play different positions and um, just, you know, keep that faith and keep going. So, you know, that made me think, OK, he still believes in me, you know, even though the first season was, was very bad. Um, 
And yeah. That helps you confidence-wise, doesn't it? A lot, it's a, a lot. Straight yeah. away, you know, the confidence came up and the last couple of games of the season, I got some got some minutes and then I looked forward to the next season. Um, and then, yeah, I think the, the second season was already different. Um, and then, yeah, the, the going to, to the third season, last season was was a great season for the team personally as well. You naturally grow with the team and uh, yeah, finishing it off with, with Istanbul was a dream come true. And sometimes you still don't realize, you know, what all happened uh, because it goes so quick. The weeks after it's just holidays and you're trying to remember a little bit and stuff like that. But then, you know, you start the new season and it's all in the past again and just you just see it when when you see clips and pictures and that so i think more after the season after your career you start to you look, look back, back and, yeah. and think well what's happened understand the size of what yeah, you achieved yeah exactly i was going to ask you the difference between porto and istanbul i mean i think there was a a feeling that maybe we needed to do things a bit differently this time as a football club make it as normal an occasion as possible and it seems to have an effect because the training session the night before Istanbul was super relaxed, Sweet, I felt, yeah. the atmosphere around the camp. Whereas in Porto, I, maybe it there was, was a bit more tension. Did, did, would, would yeah, you it was different because I remember even after the session in Porto, uh, the manager, you know, he, he, he called a meeting and we didn't have a, a meeting scheduled, but he called a meeting and he said, boys relax you know because the training session was you know everyone was on the ball a little bit like uh touch and go and it just didn't feel as you said more uh, relaxed mm. and then he called the meeting and said boys we have to relax and you know it's, it's another game and stuff like that so that's where you could already see maybe it's a bit different I, I i'm not gonna say that was the 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 decider why we didn't win the game but maybe those kind of little things make a difference and i think the second time round as you said we We've been there before. Obviously, there was a lot of pressure because you know we we had to win. We wanted to win, um, but I think everyone's been there before, and we had this feeling of, okay, yeah, let's let's do it. You know, we can do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Do you remember the training session the night before Istanbul? Because I remember being there on the side of the pitch, and you didn't misplace a single pass. In there was it was a very intense game, small-sided game going on, uh, where the ball was moving very quickly, and you you didn't misplace a pass. And I came away thinking there's a you know, there's a real chance he'll start there. <laughs> did, is the, did you feel good, you know, after that session and, and think you had a chance of, of being in the side? Yeah, no, I think probably the manager already made his mind up before By before then. that session. Yeah. But um, no, I was just confident, you know, I just came back from injury. I, I, I got back in, in the FA Cup final, played a few minutes. So that was already nice to, to at least be involved in that. And then it was just, you know, hoping that, you, that you're going to start. I didn't know what he was going to do. But um, no, training was good. The, the fight was good, and even if I didn't play, you know, you just you felt involved. You wanted to be. You, we wanted to win this. We we fought the whole season for this. But obviously, every player wants to play, especially in play in uh, finals like that. So I was very happy when I, when I got the call to play. Try and I mean, it must be difficult, but sum up the emotion of the, when that full time whistle goes because we saw. I mean, the footage of our players after the game. There's famous uh, images of um, Haaland in tears and, and the manager with Kevin De Bruyne and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, it, it's, it's, it must be a, just an absolute explosion of emotion. Yeah, it's, it's tough to, to explain. Uh, you, you probably know it's, it's, difficult, it's difficult. I think at that moment, just especially those last minutes were just, you know, <laughs> scary even even for me, you know, on the, on the pitch, um, you know, corner against and you think of... Oh, please just let let it be over and then when the whistle goes it just 
everything just falls off all the pressure all the the fight you've done the whole season to to get to this point and you actually done it um it's a feeling you can't describe and yeah i think it's, it's difficult to to relive that moment it's just everything coming together you mentioned those final few minutes there which were <laughs> some of the worst I've ever experienced but yeah. our goalkeeper really stood yeah. up in that moment and that, that, I just thought that was a great example of a world class goalkeeper making a difference at the right time I mean yeah. it's huge that isn't it for a football team it is it is because they had a, they had a few chances to be fair yeah. in the end uh, the last 10 minutes or the so, last 10 it? minutes yeah. oh, and we were all like running on our last legs and you never know if it goes to extra time. You never know what's going to happen. You know, so he he was immense. That Just day. on on how hard is it for you as a defender to maintain your focus in in those minutes? Because I would be I would have been all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah no, it's yeah. as a defender, you know, you have to concentrate ninety minutes. But uh, as you said, all emotions go everywhere. Mm. You know, it's only ten minutes left, and you don't. Tiredness as well, because that's so tired. Yeah. Tiredness, yeah. you're. You know, it's the last game of the season. Like it's been everything. a long season as oh, well. Long yeah. season. So it was tough. But, you know, having a Ruben next to you, Manu was there. Um, I think Walks came on the last 20 minutes. Stones. We had this this bond together in the, in the games, knowing, okay, when we have to suffer, we suffer. And we've done it a few times against Bayern. We've done it. Um, Leipzig. There's been moments in the Champions League where we had to suffer and we didn't really play well. But we, we could count on each other. And I think that, that's the feeling we had in this game as well. Uh, Eddie making important saves, then Ruben, you know, clearing the ball in a difficult moment, and that brought us. That brings also the energy and the the focus back. I think when mm -hmm. someone makes a good tackle or a good save, you think, oh, we have to, you know, refocus, come, come on, on, keep yeah. going, mm -hmm. and I think that helps us through it. Yeah. Are you having conversations with yourself in those final few minutes? What what kind of things are you, are you saying? Stay focused. You yeah, know, that kind of thing. Naturally, I don't know. It's it's difficult. You're not thinking many things i don't know it's just, it's a bit it's all blur, over the place yeah, yeah, yeah i have yeah. no clue what i was thinking but i remember the last especially the last corner when you see the goalkeeper and stuff coming up you think just, please just focus just get this ball away and then it's and it's done but then yeah uh, it was almost a goal but eddie saved us there yeah so is it almost uh, at, at just at the full-time whistle is it more relief if anything i mean the enjoyment maybe comes a bit yeah. more after but at that moment is it just like sheer relief almost Almost, yeah, because, you know, there was so much grinding on this game. Uh, historic uh, treble, um, Champions League, first Champions League for the club, for most of the players as well. Um, so yeah, there was so much, you know, going on for this game. And, you know, it's when you when you actually do it, then it is a little bit of relief because there's so much pressure and everything. So when when it's finished, you think, OK, yeah, we, we've done it, you know, it's it's a good feeling. And after I was... I was even more tired, you know, because then we had the party and everything, but I was just empty. Everything just drained. Was, the, yeah, yeah, the energy, everything was done. Yeah. It's done. See, I was, I was okay at the party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. I was speaking to one of the players who said he had to go to bed, the yeah. party, because he just, yeah, I could understand. He, he could have a couple of drinks, but he was just like completely Drink, spent. Drained, he had to, yeah, had to yeah. go to bed. Did you, you went to Ibiza with the guys. Yeah. Like, did it start then maybe to the enjoyment side a bit more to... It was it was a good trip uh, because we were just with the boys and we could just you know that's memories you you make and maybe you don't have that when you stay here or you know everyone the problem was we had um, Nations League after so still in the back of my mind I was thinking okay I can't really have a drink because you know I have to make sure I'm still focused for a few days after I had to play the semi final of the Nations League How, was so that, that was that difficult yeah it took a little yeah. bit away the the proper celebration because I had to. 
to make sure I was still 100%. I promised the coach of the national team that, that I wouldn't drink and that I, you know, stay focused to make sure I can play on the Wednesday after. So it took a little it must bit be of so the, hard to go and play after winning the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, it was difficult. Yeah. It was difficult, but yeah, it's those things you have to yeah. you have to do. The calendar is grueling, isn't it? I know Pep talks about this a lot, but from your perspective, particularly last season with that Winter World Cup and the way that stretched it to an almost an eleven month season, then you like you say you've got the Nations League tagged on the end after a Champions League final. It must have been really, really tough. It was tough. It was it was a tough season, especially with the World Cup in between. Um, and then straight away, I think one week later, we had the the Carabao Cup against Liverpool. So you're straight back in, and basically till then it was every game till the end of the season. So it's tough, but I think to be fair, after the World Cup, we came into this, you know, this this rhythm. You know, we had games every three days, but everyone was ready, everyone was feeling better and better all the time. And I think that also helps with with getting games all the time. I think sometimes when there's a week in between, maybe the rhythm is not the same as. You know, every three days. So there's both sides to it, yeah. in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it was it was a long season. It was a long season. Yeah, felt sorry for Roger. who played. Sort of <laughs> he played a lot. Eight <laughs> games yeah. or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, and ninety minutes in yeah. most of them. I mean, that 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 must have been really yeah, he's tough. Strong. He's strong. Yeah, we had uh, Kovacic on the on the the podcast, and he was talking about when he moved from London to Manchester. He was a little bit worried: is it going to be as good as London? Because yeah. obviously, London's one of the the great cities in the world. But he says he's been really surprised, actually, how much he's liked and enjoyed mm. uh, everything we've got here. What's your experience of of Manchester been like? No, we really like it. Um, I think the family is also important in this in this situations. Um, but from the moment we got here, she really liked it. My missus really liked it. I liked it. So it's been quite easy. We have a lot of people um, uh, from other teams as well, Dutch players. So you know we can Bit of a hang community. out. Yeah, yeah, hang out together as well. And this team is very easy to yeah to connect with each other. I think everyone is very good with each other. So we do things outside of football as well. Um, with the wives and stuff and, and the little ones so I think that that makes it much easier as well I think it's, it's more important sometimes when you move and sometimes fans don't realise it that it's more important for the player that the family settle Yeah, yeah. Uh, first and foremost because if they're happy it makes you happy and True. it makes life easier you know very easy yeah. if you come home and you know the wife's not happy and absolutely your own move go, mood goes down yeah. as well and then maybe it affects you on the pitch does, a little yeah. bit so yeah, I think that's also important that you come here and everything is good. And but the club is very, very good with that. They have very good people working in the, um, yeah, how do you call it? Player uh, care. Yeah, player care. Yeah. yeah, and the player care, and yeah, they help everyone so much with that. Yeah, it, my impression of that is that with City are the best at player care, yeah. and that's kind of like a bit of an open secret in football. And it probably helps us when it comes to recruiting players, doesn't it? If if City are known for being, you know, if you come to City, you are going to have everything. Looked at, you're going to be looked after, your family's going to be taken care of. That must be a big thing to a potential player coming here, maybe. Yeah, true. Obviously, yeah. you don't know how it is till you actually get until there. Until you actually yeah. Here, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, from the first moment I got here, like the player care has been, it's been incredible. You know, they do everything, uh, whatever you want, whatever you ask, they, they're trying to do it um, and make your life easy and, and yeah, your family's life easy as well. So I think it's very important. And here it's, yeah, the level of it is it's unbelievable. Yeah, and you have a couple of dogs as well. One, one dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog enjoying it in Manchester. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, but we just got the like she's eleven months now. The our baby now. Yeah. So he's a little bit, you know, the Get he's feeling. Yeah, a yeah. little bit jealous. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit <laughs> yeah. Without you know wanting to, he's yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's difficult, but. Uh, 
No, he's good. He's good. He likes the rain and stuff, so that's good. At least, good. <laughs> yeah, he needs to like it here. Yeah, <laughs> we have some questions that we ask all of our guests. Yeah. Um, and the first one is, if there's something you could change about football, what would it be? Um, and at first, we were we were kind of aiming that at the rules of the game, but we've actually just extended it to just football as a as an industry, basically. So, is there anything you would it change if you had a magic wand and you could change <laughs> something? What would it be? Oh, it's difficult. Um, very difficult. Difficult, you know. I like it at the moment. I think the only thing, maybe, what's recently with all the the new rules and stuff, um, with the additional time being additional added. time, yeah. all these little things, you know. Uh, if you touch the ball, you get a yellow card straight away, and all those extra things becoming a little bit a lot um so maybe you know trying to keep football the same and not change keep it, it too simple. much too yeah much. keep it simple yeah. yeah we've got a couple of questions from social media as well one person has asked who's the best player you've ever played against against yeah um difficult um it depends what position if i'm center back uh, probably players like when I was a Bournemouth Aguero, when I played against him, he was was so always tough. played well. I mean, he played well against most teams, but he always certainly against did against Bournemouth. Well. Yeah, it was difficult. Yeah, yeah, just because he he can play into feet, um, but he can also play in behind. Uh, he's good with the ball. He's strong. He's fast, and his finishing is unbelievable. So he was he's got everything. So it's and difficult. great balance. You couldn't get balance. knock him off the ball when you try and knock yeah. him off. He, he stays off. So he's so strong. Yeah, and you can't give him a yard in the box. So it's it's difficult. Well, the City fans all like that answer. He's an, <laughs> he's an absolute, yeah, um, absolute difficult, hero. Difficult. Um, do you watch any other sports? Do you, uh, do you have a keen interest in anything outside of outside of football, sports-wise? I uh, like F1 since like the last two, three years. Yeah. Um, really is that because of Drive it? to Survive? Actually, it is. I got into I got hooked straight yeah. away. I watched everything straight away, and then now I watch every race. Um, got to go to one last year in Silverstone as well, so that was good. Um, it's a great experience, isn't it? You great experience, yeah. yeah. Uh, we got to meet, um, we was at Red Bull, so we got to meet Verstappen, Verstappen and, yeah. and Perez. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was. A, I felt like, a, you know, a child in the <laughs> in the candy shop <laughs> or something. Like, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. So good. Um, F1, I like tennis, I like tennis. Yeah. Um, Basketball, trying to follow now a little bit more. NFL, trying to follow a little bit more. So I like, yeah, a lot of sports. To be fair, what is it about tennis? I'm a big tennis fan. Mm. I, I just I find it very beautiful. So yeah. when he's played at his best, it's it's beautiful to yeah. watch. What do you enjoy about that? The, it's also very different. It's to, so different. It's a football because it's it's one person. But I remember yeah. read Andre Agassi's autobiography, and he said he hated tennis because he, it, yeah? he wanted to play a collective. Yeah. He, yeah, he hated the fact that you were just out there on your own, yeah. and if you were, weren't playing well. Everyone was like, looking at you, yeah. whereas you know in the football team, if you're not having a great game, you've got ten People other mates who yeah, can help yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, true. No, I've, I don't know. I I grew up with it a little bit as well. Um, I done school tennis and stuff, so I liked tennis from the start. Uh, my dad liked tennis as well. Um, but I don't know. Just the as you said, I think it's so different. Also, when I was watching the the series, I don't know if you've seen it. You see how different it is than football. It's just as you said, everything is on yourself. If you're not having a good day you have to sort it out you know it's not like people can help you and you know get you out of it and stuff so it's so different and in that and i like that aspect as well uh, how mentally tough you have to be players like djokovic um the way sometimes you're 
let's say, 5-1 down or something, and you know so the 6-1 is around, the, the yeah. championship is over, and then people come back from that. It's so different. You could also think three points, you know, just give it him and it's, it's finished. But they keep going, they keep going, and they get this mental, I don't know, it's different. So I think little things like that I try to take away in, in football as well, you know, how to, to stay mentally strong. But you have beautiful players like Federer and stuff. I used to love him, you know, he's... He plays so nice, so elegant, so I don't know. Just so fluid. Yeah, fluid. Yeah. It's, it's different. No, but I like it, yeah. Uh, Kovacic left a question for, for you as well, because <laughs> he was our last guest. So his question was, what advice would you give to a young person starting out in football, but not necessarily about football, about being a human being, you know, negotiating your career, that kind of thing. What was, what was your advice? How young? Or like young, young, or someone coming through? In How the did you interpret? Uh, I interpreted it as an maybe the 14 to 16 years yeah. just uh, before you're going into the actual professional football um what advice i think you know having been through that stage myself um yeah as i said before i think first of all you have to enjoy it i think that's the best thing you you can have i think just to enjoy you have so many people here who like Phil and stuff? They just love the ball. They want to touch it everywhere. And Pep I think always that's says that about Phil. Foden. <laughs> yeah, Phil just wants the Jack. ball at his feet all oh, the time. Always, always. Yeah. And you can see he just enjoys it. And I think because of that, just everything just goes naturally as well. Um, I think what that's one of the the most important thing. Yeah, to enjoy football. But then on the other hand, um, with me, it never got given straight away. Uh, personally, if I talk about myself. Um, yeah, I got the opportunity. I got through at Chelsea when I was 17. Um, and from then, everything went, you know, upwards. And I was thinking, okay, you know, everyone was always saying football is easy, uh, difficult. Uh, you know, you go through difficult stages and stuff. But I was thinking, 17, I'm playing for Chelsea. Everything's good, you know. Uh, no setbacks whatsoever. And then the season after, I came in pre-season. And then, um, you know, the manager, Mourinho, came in that time. And he just put me on the side without... Any explanation, nothing, and put me with the reserves. And that's what hit me hard. Like, I was thinking, oh, I was here, and then suddenly I'm here, and maybe I have to go on loan or I have to stay, and, you know, so many doubts. And I think that moment made me realize, okay, football is not just going up, going up, going up. Sometimes it's, you're going to have, um, yeah, down downfalls as well, and it's how you deal with that. And I think around that age, 14 till 16, 17, you're going to have those moments. Okay, am I touching the first team? Am I not? Um, where am I going to go from here? And then you can go two paths or you give up and you think, ah, it's, you know, I'm not touching the first team. I have to go on loan. I go down and blah, blah, blah. And then you give up or you keep fighting and never give up. And um, yeah, making sure even though the first season doesn't go well, maybe the second one or the third one, you know, you're still going to get there. And I think that's what makes the difference. And yeah, I advise people to, even though things are going down, just trying to keep working keep hard. going and yeah, actually try going. and use those setbacks to your advantage yeah exactly yeah jose Mourinho did the same thing to kevin de bruyne as well I mean, <laughs> like, and we've benefited uh, yeah, you've benefited <laughs> twice from that so yeah that's good um one more so uh, some more social media questions in yep. this part if you just want to pull one of those out and answer that yeah. one thank you what is your favorite place in the world What's your favourite place? Favourite place? I went to Amsterdam for the first time this summer and that is... A, you like it? I loved it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. I don't know it well. <laughs> I haven't been too many times. It's great. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's always good. Um, 
But just a weather, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer a sun. Uh, I'm going to say we went on holiday any place, no? Any yeah, place. So I went on holiday to the Maldives. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, for me, that that was something else. Just, I don't know, it's so quiet. It's You've got everything you want there. The, the sun, you enjoy it. I don't know how it is there to live there every day. But for my holiday, it was Perfect. probably the best destination, yeah. Yeah, great. Nathan Ake, thank you so much for joining thank us. You. We're all delighted to see how well you're doing at the moment as well. And, and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. Cheers. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you. It is the kind of finish that De Bruyne would have been proud of, but it's a centre-half on his weaker foot. Ake for the Blues. Paul, thoughts on that one? Nathan Ake, that was great. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, you know, he's, he's a fantastic guy anyway, but... A few things I took out of it, but the biggest thing was about how how he reacted to the setbacks he had. You know, going to Chelsea, saying Mourinho just pushed him to one side, then he had to pick himself back up again. Um, going to Bournemouth wasn't always in the team, which I don't think people realise. Ended up going on capt- captain in the team. First season here didn't go the best. Last season, probably one of our best players in the Champions League. So I think there's a huge message in that for for a lot of people. Yeah, it didn't surprise me that you mentioned humility. Um, humility. Um, th- which was kind of given to him from an early age and by his family because you can see that not just in, in when you're talking to him but as you say in the way that he's negotiated his career he's used setbacks um, and, and they've not beaten him have they he's come back from them and he, he's, he's gone on to, to reach the very top of the game now he has and you know I've huge huge respect for him because you know they say himself in the interview that some players they can, they can go one way or the other way and he was so determined to, to use the setbacks that he's had to use it as a positive going forward. Mm. And what do you think are, I mean, we touched on it a little bit in the intro, but his qualities as a footballer, you were talking about in one-on-one situations, but what else kind of makes him so good? I think it's his, his, his the football knowledge that he's got. Yeah. You know, you can tell he's been well-educated from a football sense in, in Holland growing up. Um, he's, he's positioning and managing big moments in the game. You know, really important moments. And you know, we were talking there about the last ten minutes of the Champions League final. How men- mentally you've really got to switch on, and you know, talk to yourself if, if you want. And you know, that sort of thing works for him. But he's just not a fantastic footballer. But um, you can tell that he's he's a leader. You know, all leaders don't need to scream and shout. You know, the, the best leaders are the ones that lead by example on the pitch. I loved that bit of insight he gave us about Pep, the end of his first season, which, you know, uh, in Nathan's own words, hadn't gone the way he wanted it to go, hadn't played as many games as he would have liked. But Pep made a point of saying, you know, you've got a big future, you can play in a number of roles, go get yourself as fit as you can, come back next season and it'll be different. I mean, that's good man management that isn't it's, it it's, for a player that, that's gold dust you know Nathan openly admitted at that time that his confidence was really low you know and he's ended up there's nothing worse for a player as, as the end of the season and you're going into the summer on a bad note well, and like, you, you uncertainty think, as you well you think about it from the minute you leave the end of the season to the minute that you start the pre-season it's there all the time as much as you try and block it out so little words like that from your manager just to say more or less next season is going to be your season he would have walked away from being down there feeling 10 foot tall, go and enjoy your summer, but then you're determined and ready for pre-season. And that, what you've just described, is probably exactly why Pep did it. He didn't want him to go and stew all summer or be be you know, be know, um, questioning himself or anything like that. He's wanted to send him away uh, on a high, and it, it seems to have worked. It doesn't, but you enjoy your summer, but you can't wait to get back. You know, sometimes if, you've, if it's ended in a low, you think, 
I don't want to go back pre-season because that's just how you feel as a person. You know, things haven't gone well. So, genius bit of man management. But Nathan's got to get a lot of credit because it's okay the manager saying that. You've got to take that chance and go and show him how good you are, and he's done that. Yeah, and so pleased for him. You know, 90 minutes in the Champions League final says it all. Uh, as we said on the introduction as well, third in the, the Etihad Player of the Year um, awards. I mean, he really has been recognised, hasn't he? He's not an unsung hero necessarily, no. is he? He's actually someone who's, who people are really recognising as a very central part of what and, we're doing. And here. last season when, when he was fit, thankfully that was the majority of the season, he was one of the first names in the team sheets. You know, we touched it at the start, especially in the big, big games. You know, he was injured just before the FA Cup final, got a few minutes at the end. Might have been an easy option for Pep to leave him out of the Champions League final. He was there, and that shows you what the manager and his teammates think of him. Yeah, fantastic. Well, again, uh, another episode that I really enjoyed. I mean, that is what this podcast is about. He's trying to get players to just, just have a conversation with us, basically. Yeah. And, and I feel we did that there. I think it's, it's look, it's great for me sitting here listening to them, but the, the guys and girls that are going to be listening in, you know, it's a fantastic insight to what to what they're really like as, as people. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us again, Paul. Really appreciate it. Anytime. And the same to you guys at home. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. Um, If you've got any suggestions of people you want to see on the show, please do contact us on social media. And also send us some questions for the guests as well. Until next time, take care of one another and we will see you soon. The unbeatable official Manchester City podcast. Watch the full video version of this show via City Plus now.